everybody. Welcome. I forgot how to do everything. <laughs> I'm Sarah Austin. I'm Vanessa Tyler. And this podcast sounds exhausting. It's becoming exhausting. Yeah. We can't even keep up with it anymore. Couldn't keep up with it. Well, life's exhausting. But we've been gone for a while. Mm-hmm. But we're back. We back. And we don't have any content, so just kidding. We have content. Yeah, okay. this uh, this episode Vanessa is gonna do uh, revolves around conspiracy theory, which is pretty fun. We'll probably do more episodes around this uh, topic in the future because it's one that I right. like a lot too. I mean, we'll uh, dabble in famous or not so famous conspiracy theory. Yeah, we'll mostly focus on like the psychology of the conspiracy theory person what is it? right the, cons- <laughs> the conspiracy theorist there we go i was gonna say theoror theoror um we will be moving the podcast instead of once a week uh to bi-weekly right was yeah that twice I mean? a week no i'm just kidding once every oh. no because i used to have pest control bi-monthly uh-huh. And someone said you have to say every other month because they might think it's every twice a week and I'm or twice a month and I'm like oh, okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Just tell me who's buying this scenario, every please. other week. Maybe if we uh, can, <laughs> we're gonna go for it. <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> really go for it. Basically, um, <laughs> no. Remember from Reno nine one one? We're gonna tell you. We're gonna try. We're gonna go for it. We'll just say that we're gonna go for it. We're gonna try. <laughs> We have the best intentions. Um, I bought a house, and right before uh, we moved, like days before uh, we moved, which uh, we were moving to a a different town um, so that I could be five blocks away from my grandma and grandpa who are getting older, and um, I, you know, could help out more, and, you know, there's lots of other reasons, but... Uh, several days before we moved, um, we got called in for a family meeting uh, with my grandparents where um, it was told to us that my grand- my grandmother had just been diagnosed with stage four appendiceal cancer, which is extremely rare, um, very, very rare form of cancer. Um, and there's obviously no cure for it. Um, she has started chemo, um, but I've taken on a role of being, um, there more often and, you know, helping take care of her, my grandpa. Um, with that came a lot of, uh, um, exasperated emotions. (laughs) That's a word Um, I'm going to use today. As somebody who already suffers with a lot of uh, anxiety, depression, overwhelming sense of exhaustion, right? Um, <laughs> I uh, could not get my shit together to do this podcast for a while. Tell me, tell um, me that meme you said where it says you just say this and that's life. Yeah, it's like uh, every day you're like, well, next week will be better. Right? And then you die. <laughs> every day till you die. You next, say that every day. Things will start looking up next week. <laughs> um, Not to laugh, but. Right. No, it's uh, my grandma is like 
I don't, what do you call that? Like a cornerstone in my life. Like, uh, she's one of the most important people to me. So this has been, yeah, that's what I, uh, that's how I describe it too. Yeah. I tell everyone that I run into your story. No, my significant other. That's how I explained to her. I said her, yeah. If you, if you could think of someone closer to Sarah than right. Isaac or myself or her boys, it's, you know, yeah. not that we're, then that grandma's closer than us, but no, yeah. I mean, she's up there. Yeah. My grandma is um, the one person, one of the only people that really, really gets me. Um, and so mm-hmm. everybody's been like, Vanessa, I, you know, kept saying like, I can't, I just can't do it this week. I can't, I couldn't, I didn't want to fake it pretend like I could get through a, a fun conversation about anything. Um, right. We're but, supposed to get exhausted, not started exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. So um, not that I have to explain any of that to people, but that is what's going on. We weren't just being lazy or didn't <laughs> not that want minions to deserve. <laughs> right. <laughs> not that I feel like I have to explain myself or anything. Don't, you know, but like, less that special but, comments. Now you right. feel stupid. Don't you? Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. For real. Um, not only that, my house, my new house that I love, uh, is infested with bats. <laughs> so I've been dealing with that. Vampire bats or just regular um, bats? Yeah, regular small brown bats that are basically almost federally protected. So there's yeah. only a certain amount of things you can do. You can't just like go gas them out or anything. Uh, They're going to file a grievance with your HR department. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> ridiculous so uh 950 dollars later we don't have bats um so that's good but that was uh that was a bit exhausting as well too so one of the kids found the bat in the middle of the night and i wanted so badly to tell sarah something funny but it was just another stress Mm -hmm. for her and there's a time and a place believe it or not yeah 90 percent of the time i can get away with jokes right situations Mm -hmm. But you know, so I haven't told her yet. So this is the first time she's hearing about it. But you remember on the office where Jim tries to convince Dwight that he's turning into a yes. vampire? I was like, you should do that with Caden. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure your kids have seen that episode because that's yeah. all you watch. Yeah, they have. And they would be yeah. on to you. That would have been a good one. Um, <laughs> that reminds me of my grandma because my grandma and I both have very uh, our sense of humor. My well, my grandma is the most like realistic person I know and um I feel very fortunate in how she is handling um dying um gracefully is what you said yeah I she's just she's okay with it she doesn't want to die this isn't the and this certainly isn't the way she wanted to die um but she's okay with it you know she's like I've had an awesome life. I've had amazing love and adventure and um I'm okay with being done. And one of the things she said was, you know, I kind of look forward to just having nothing to do. Right. <laughs> she said, what do you mean? Her calendar, right? And yeah. She's like, I don't have to do any of these things. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, I'm dying. I don't have to do any of this shit. In fact, she told Sarah to call one of her doctors for a regular <laughs> checkup and said, go tell them the fuck off. I'm dying. <laughs> that. I don't, I don't need that. She's, and their cancellation fee can go right up the butt. Right. She was going to get a, a teeth cleaning or something. She's like, what do I need to do that for? 
no. And then they wanted her to come do a, she had like a yearly mammogram or something. She's like, mm, nope. no, <laughs> I don't need that. Uh, no. Um, because the, the, uh, the reality of it is that within a year, um, my grandma won't, uh, be here anymore. Um, so I am going to, uh, with, you know, Vanessa's help, Isaac, my husband, or my family, all of that. I'm going to try my best to, uh, stay committed to doing this. Um, but just know it's not that I don't enjoy doing it. Um, sometimes I literally just am that exhausted emotionally that I cannot have a conversation as co-owner of this podcast sounds exhausting. <laughs> you have unlimited sick time and mental health days that you need Thank to take. You. Uh, to take uh, they are minute. without pay. <laughs> but they're with our thoughts and prayers. <laughs> uh, yeah. So um so with that exhausting uh intro and I'll um if people are interested I can keep people um updated and things like that. Oh, that's what I was going to say is you were you started to talk about uh like an inappropriate time to crack a joke. A joke. Um, <laughs> and my grandma and I both have, you know, uh, well, grandma has a free pass. We have an odd sense of humor. Um, sure. and we find certain things, you know, funny timing of jokes, funny. Anyways, my grandma's having a, a slumber party, uh, next month. Uh, she would be 70. She's going to be 70 next month. And, uh, so she's throwing a, a slumber party, uh, for all of her friends, uh, we've rented a, a lodge and it's going to be like a, you know, celebration for her. And, um, and so my aunt and I are doing a lot of, uh, planning and, and setting stuff up and we were making the invitations and, uh, my aunt's like, well, what, what should we call it? You know, what are we gonna, cause my grandma's like, I don't really need like it to be a birthday party. I want it to be more about um, I think she said a goodbye party. <laughs> we were like, oh, we're not, maybe not on the invitation. Um, and so my aunt starts saying, okay, well, uh, Virginia Lee's uh, slumber party. And, you know, we're, we're throwing out ideas. And I look at uh, my grandma, my aunt, and I said, uh, maybe we could call it uh, the eternal slumber party. <laughs> <laughs> and my grandma is dying laughing. My aunt is mortified. <laughs> slumber party. Um, my grandma's dying this laughing. Is, this is everybody's reaction to anything I think we do and say yeah. this podcast. It's either dying laughing or right. completely and utterly mortified. Yeah, my aunt was like, oh my God. <laughs> so then my grandma and I start going back and forth on funny ones. What do we come up with? Um, Night of the Living Dead. Um, we liked that one. That, that was one's cool. a little gut punchy, though. You <laughs> know grandma, what I mean? My grandma loved it. Like I can imagine being the one invited. I'm like, should I dress up as a zombie? Would that be disrespectful? What should uh, I do? We ended with um Virginia Lee's uh life is sweet party. All right. Life is sweet. <laughs> so nobody took my suggestions. Yeah. Um, but my, my grandma's the best, man. Party. Oh, she's so good. Listen, just get that in a couple decades or so, we could throw our own internal slumber party. That's right. I hope my grandkids think I'm as cool 
and totally. amazing as I think my grandma is. Totally will. So anyways, let's... Uh, though you don't have... <laughs> though your childhood photos <laughs> right? be the same as Virginia's <laughs> elegant... Isaac and I were just talking about that. I have these incredible photos of my grandmother, like in the, you know, 60s and 70s, like modeling pictures of her. And they're just like these gorgeous, like real like photography, you know? And I'm like, what are my grandkids going to have? Like a bunch of fucking Snapchat pictures where I'm like, have like a like dog ears and some sort of fucking filter on my face like those in 50 years though are those the pictures that people are going to be hanging in their hallways not of me because my ass ain't on snapchat (laughs) i'm not on snapchat anymore anyways but you know what i mean why did were you uh because the baby loves the filters facebook has filters yeah that's why i stopped using snapchat uh got in on it I'm very weary of Snapchat. Yeah, I don't want my kids to have it or anything. I have to fix something on the table. So will you talk to everybody? Yes, I will. I had nothing uh, to say without Vanessa, so I just paused it. But now we're back. (laughs) I had to fix the goddamn table because it wobbles. Yeah, we we don't need a wobbly table in this podcast. I have cardboard crap underneath it. Mm. I'm balls hot. Why am I drinking beer in Phoenix, Arizona? I don't know. It's hot there, huh? It's so god. It's my AC's at seventy, and I'm sweating like a pig. It's been a cool like seventy-two. All right, today <laughs> we've had all the windows open. It's enough of you. I don't even own an air conditioner. Like we don't all have right. central air. <laughs> okay, yeah, which sucks. Them. We did have to get a window air conditioner because it gets fucking muggy. Here. Well, I don't have any bats with rabies. That's true. Do you know I had to take the dead bat? I had to take a dead bat to the health department to turn it in. Okay, right. so I get there. The health department in Alpena, Michigan, by the way, is run by one guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I get up to the window and I'm like, um, excuse me, do you take dead bats? Because I'm trying to find <laughs> trying to find where i'm supposed to drop this bat off at that's like it's currency yeah because you walk into this like big building you know and i'm like oh god i have this dead bat and it's in like a like a specimen um container basically like a large pill bottle or whatever with a lock on the top so um she's like oh yeah we do and so i just pull it out of my purse and she's laughing like do you always keep bats in your purse and like, yeah. oh god so then she says um okay we're gonna send this off uh, to get tested for rabies and um, in 48 hours we'll get back to you so I should hear back uh, Monday and um, she said if it's negative uh, great thanks Congrats. For, thanks for bringing it in um, if it's positive uh, we'll just go over what happens then uh, <laughs> if, if that happens no need to alarm <laughs> you until then ma'am. because if the bat is positive for rabies it's like this huge, long process where me, my husband, all the kids, all the animals, you have to go do all this, all these right. shots like every two weeks and get all these certain checks and measures done. And Right. It's like at the jail if you got bit by an inmate HIV testing. It's like every six months or something. Yeah. Well, and then there's no, there's no test for rabies unless you, you have to cut into someone's brain. You have to open their skull cap. 
and look at their brain for rabies. There's no like blood <clears throat> test for rabies. I just thought you guys were all going to turn into zombies because isn't that like 12 monkeys kind of scenario there? Oh, yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. But none of us got bitten or scratched or anything like that. So I think it'll be just fine. But I just wanted them to like have military copters come out and like wrap you guys in plastic quarantine wrap. Yeah. Just shut the whole house down. Because let's be honest, that'd be a dream come true for you. Seriously. But if if the kids were with mother-in-law. If they could quarantine just me, I almost (laughs) wish that I got- Just you would pick. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm- Oh, that would be nice. That'd be nice. A little vacation. You like keep insinuating you want that. Do you have to quarantine? Should I? Right. Just- I should probably just, you know. You see, ladies, like, can you leave? But the pest control guy's telling us, like, okay, like these are like the first signs because you don't have to be bitten to get rabies, even if they just like scratch you. Yeah. You can get rabies. Um, and even if they bite you, you might not even know. Right. You don't um, know yeah, what you should have done when you had this bat that was dead in your purse in a vial is you should have gotten like stuffed animals and just weird shit to right. put in similar vials with <laughs> little labels that say weird up. shit. You just pull it out. No, wrong no. one. No, mm-hmm. dead bat. Here it is. And she really <laughs> would have looked at you like, you know what I mean? I looked like such a creep too because I'm like trying to be quiet because there's other people there and i'm like how i'm be alarmed that i'm just carrying this dead bat through this except that yeah, i'm like is this where i uh drop off a dead bat right <laughs> it's like right yes yeah <laughs> it was really cute in the little vial and stuff so it was cute did you name it no but it was really it was sweet i, I did feel bad for it because they obviously don't want to be in your house you know they're all living in the attic there was like sure. 30 bats in my attic. So it just was trying to get outside, accidentally got in the house. Yeah. So now that we had to install this like bat thing, this like box with a tube that comes out of it so that when they leave at night, they all leave and then they can't get back in the box to get into the house. Sure. So I just made like 30 bats homeless. So. Oh, but you didn't kill them. <laughs> no. Just the just the one that was in the house, the pest control guy put uh, put to sleep. I don't know how he did it. He just took it outside. When he came back in, it was dead. So, all right. Yeah, I told the kids he gave it a shot, and it just went to sleep. <laughs> Isaac said he probably just smacked it on the ground. So, <laughs> put it out of its misery. Yeah. Either either option is possible. <laughs> Well, you ready to get started on conspiracy theories? I am. Let's do this thing. All right. Well, since I'm running it, we'll start it in my my fashion, which is with boring facts. But it's just one boring fact. Uh, I already told you, but before I told you, what would have you guessed how many Americans believe in at least one conspiracy theory? Before I told you, honestly, what would you have said? I would have said like one in five. Yeah, it's half. Half of us. That's according to the Fairleigh Dickinson University. Over half of Americans believe in at least one conspiracy theory. Um, like genuinely, too. Like genuinely yeah, believe in yeah. it. I believe it's going up. Like at, you'd have to check that shit every six months. Seriously. Right? Because the whole idea for this podcast came when Jeff Epstein offed himself in prison and 
people who don't even know much about prison. But you have all these documentaries too about it, uh-huh. I guess. I used to work at a jail. And when we had a high profile inmate, like Jody Arias, for example, mm-hmm. it was your fucking ass if she killed herself. Because oh, yeah. Her job is to keep them. Because remember, Jeff wasn't sentenced yet. So he's not in correctional health. He's not there to get corrected. Mm-hmm. And right, he's there to be detained and literally kept alive yeah. so that he face trial and be held accountable. Mm-hmm. And you would be in serious trouble, right? Like the Jody Arias' victim, his family would have been upset. If we just let her take the coward's way out instead of standing, you know. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's important. And I know from my experience, a legitimate suicide attempt, you put them in a padded cell, strip them naked, and put a suicide smock on, which is like a vest almost mm-hmm. that you can't use to hang yourself. So you're right. still decent and covered. Yeah. You're uncomfortable, but it's for your own good. Okay. Yeah. For 72 hours, you talk to a doctor. And the goal always is not to keep you in that state. The goal is yeah. to work you out of it without putting you in unnecessary risk. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So for him to be taken off of it after two weeks and um, folks that don't know much about anything, but basic intelligent people who otherwise wouldn't entertain conspiracy theories were like, mm, don't think so. Like what's yeah. going on here? Yeah. You actually had, out of everybody I've talked to, you had the most interesting I guess, hypothesis, if you will. Ooh, what was that? <laughs> that. Yeah, tell me about me that Tell me day. about how I was feeling that day. That day, yeah, because you probably changed. <laughs> so you said that um, you thought that um, <clears throat> amongst these group of elites, elitist, we'll call them, mm. who were involved in this underground sex, stra- sex slave industry of yeah. underage people, okay? Yeah, children. Literally, the... the enslavement Mm -hmm. for sexual purposes i mean there's they're trafficked for that reason at a young age have a pact if you will and perhaps the pact is enforced like if you don't if you don't fulfill the pact then this is what we'll do to whoever you care about or something right okay um which is if you get caught before shit hits the fan you got to kill yourself Mm -hmm. you know what i mean that makes sense to me it's the greater good right that makes sense to me yeah. And you can continue to get away with it because if you do kill yourself, people are going to be like, come on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Come on. And you're going to have a, what do you call it? Like a red herring maybe? You're going to have something that distracts everybody. Yep. And, you know, like Trump pushing it on Clintons and all, and I'm sure there's elitist involved. Don't get me wrong. Who the oh, I 100% are. believe that there are some probably people that we like. Yeah, but after talking to your husband, apparently Barr is attached to the woman who orchestrated all of it, mm-hmm. all the trafficking. I think her name is Gislaine. Jiz. Okay. Gislaine. Yeah. Welcome to Gislaine. Yeah. Gislaine, we're all just yep. okay. Anyways, Gislaine. Yeah. Uh, he's connected to her through a family member. Mm-hmm. And you know, Barr is connected to the current administration. Yep. So, I mean, I think this, I think Epstein had a lot on a lot of people. I also, you can't put it past, I mean, this guy went from being a, you know, fucking zillionaire who does whatever he wants all day. And quite literally got away with this already in Florida. Yeah. To now it's like, no, this is where you're going to be. And this is going to trial. I am sure that he wanted to kill himself. Mm -hmm. I mean, he wasn't going to get, there was at this point, I think realization must've hit 
that this isn't going to be like the last time where it was a slap on the wrist. This is serious. And you're not, you're probably never going to leave. Well, it's funny you say that because the conspiracy theorists who suspect that he was killed believe that he was about to unravel it all and potentially get off. And I've seen some court documents. Mm. I don't know if they're accurate. Mm -hmm. Insinuate some sort of plea deal. Okay. Mm -hmm. But then you have other conspiracy theorists who think, no way, he knew what he was doing. And their evidence to support that is the fact that he signed his will two days before right. attempting suicide. Right. Right. So it's hard. It's hard. I to do not believe that someone was, some operative was sent in and killed Jeffrey Epstein in his cell. I don't think that's what happened. Now, do I believe that? Could there possibly have been some money or things exchanged to where maybe things got a little more lax for Jeffrey Epstein and he sure. was allowed to kill himself? Sure. 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 I could entertain that possibility, but I do think it was Jeffrey imagine, Epstein that took his own life. Imagine you're the warden of a prison, federal mm-hmm. prison. Mm-hmm. So that's a serious prison, isn't it? And you haven't had any yeah. suicides, right. successful suicides. Yeah. And you've got a high profile inmate like Jeff Epstein. You're going to put him in a cell after he attempts suicide where the camera doesn't work? Well, I can't even believe they put him in a cell with, with a cellmate. someone else. Right. Yeah, I, I was surprised by that. He should have been in what we call administrative segregation. Yeah. Protective custody. R- that's what I would think is that he would be in protective custody in prison. Or I knew at the whatever. jail when we, had a, when we had a high profile case or a, 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 a person who was related to someone mm-hmm. high up or something, example. Um, they put, uh, they put her in a special cell and it didn't have any cameras, but she was in a suicide risk because she wasn't high profile like on the news. She just knew right. someone. I thought that was bullshit. Yeah. But when we had a high profile person, we had some cases where sergeants and lieutenants were in charge every shift. Mm. You know what I mean? Like they weren't. It was and like in this case, the clock. Right. In this case, at this prison, apparently it was some fucking hired guy, some contractor. Yeah, it was. Yeah. there When the. Now they're saying is that there was like a employee shortage, uh, a shortage of corrections sure. officers, a short of. But a- you put your you put your lieutenant on Jeff Epstein, and then you hired your guy to put him on everyone else who's not an issue. Mm-hmm. You see yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So dumb. Yeah. So I, I think definitely uh, this was, and it sounds so conspiracy theorist, but I do think it directly was allowed to happen well we can all agree it smells fishy but as we'll learn with the information i've gathered not all conspiracy theories are false though right but what i wanted to look at was with information widely available today like it never was before you would think conspiracy theories would go down but they're going up right and it's not some misconstrued oh no 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 it's because that it's because of the internet we can we can catalog these people and count them. So it seems like it's a lot higher, but it was always the same number. No, we can see it's gone up. Yeah. Since we can catalog folks, we can see it's gone through the roof, right? Right. Now I'll admit that perhaps maybe the taboo kept people, their conspiracy theories to themselves. Mm-hmm. And the more groups and as the numbers grew, they were like, cool, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go about it, right? Because you could also say, hey, we've cataloged people for a long time. Gay people have gone up. When we could argue, now they've just been comfortable enough to come out. Right. So, okay, but let's look at the psychology of it. Um, So uh, psychologists have uh, their own theory, not a conspiracy theory, but just their own (laughs) scientifically based theory about why uh, folks, humans in general, 
are prone or susceptible to conspiracy theories. And you'll notice that when we are, we hold on to it really tight. And their, their theories, they have six reasons, if you will, main reason. And also include not only why you believe them, but why you, you, there are such strong-held beliefs within us, right? Yeah. So in no particular order, the first reason is causality, um, which is innate by nature. And what that means is if you go out at your house at night um, and you hear a noise, a shuffle in the bush, your instinctive nature to survive and be on, on high alert Mm-hmm. Oh, make one of your thoughts be it's uh, is that a possum is that a po- no that's your desire <laughs> to want to have a possum is that a robber is that right you know yeah. sasquatch is that whatever something creepy a boogeyman yep. right boogeyman yeah instead of something more rational like the wind or wildlife that aren't going to hurt me right you know what i mean it's actually safer to have those fears that paranoia if you will come up and think that that could be a predator. It's all within our DNA. The more science they do on DNA, the more they're showing that we actually have memory on it. So a good example of this that I found just on my own time is that my significant other does not like honey at all. Grosses her out, she doesn't like it. But when I show her footage of honeycomb, fresh honeycomb being cut and the honey dripping, Mm -hmm. I don't know why she says, but that looks delicious. And I said, it's because it's in your DNA. When we were you know, cave people or wanderers or whatever, mm-hmm. finding honey was like gold because it had yeah. sugar and shit that you don't normally get. And it was delicious. Right. And it was like, it was, it was a high priced item. Mm-hmm. That's what I think it is anyway. Yeah. Um, but the same thing, why bugs are scary to us or the sound of bees are, because if you think about it, you're not actually taught to be terrified of a beehive. Right. right. Yeah. Um, but I remember my first a job where I had to go onto a beehive, I was terrified. Like yeah. it, it was very instinctively, if you will. Yeah. So a lot of the things that we have that are instincts, it turns out it's probably because we have imprinted memory on our DNA from things that helped us survive. Yeah. When we were, you know, not in the yeah. first world with Facebook and shit. <laughs> um, and when you take causality and you couple it up with like our ego, which is ever growing, fear mongering, and our imagination, thinking it's a wolf or uh, whatever out of natural instinct will warp into things like thinking it's a dog man, which is a real conspiracy theory. <laughs> there are dog men that were created by the government to be for soldiers. <sighs> Completely legitimate conspiracy theory. Legitimate as in, it, like there's multiple people who believe in it. There's podcasts about it. It's Wait, really obnoxious. Dog men, dog. like actual dog. Dog men, that's right. Like. You, um- if you want to learn more, you can YouTube Howard Stern Dogman because he has one of these paranoid guys. He's called High Frequency something. I already forget his name. And he is, he's got a major stutter, which is funny. Like not laughing at him for his disability. It's just funny to hear yeah. him. He gets very upset with Howard. Mm-hmm. But he's talking about his conspiracy theories and he thinks there's a dogman in his backyard and his woods. He'll find poop. He'll find prints. Anything except for an actual dogman, of course. Could uh, it not just be an actual dog? The way he describes it as a dog head on a human body with oh, like extra stop it. strength. <laughs> Why would, for what stop. reason? Stop the planet. I want to get off. Have you met my dog? She's a fucking moron. Yeah. <laughs> Why would but I want that on a human body? To make a strong soldier. Dogs aren't that strong. Listen, I didn't say conspiracy theories made sense. Oh, That's the whole point God. is that they don't make any sense. Well, now I got to look all this shit up. It'll be, it'll be a rabbit hole for sure. Um, but it's a real one. But anyways, you'll 
you do you understand how your natural instinct and paranoia and maybe an undiagnosed mental illness even can take that natural instinct and turn it into something wild and gullibility yeah and then then conspiracy theory is born Mm -hmm. Uh, the second reason we're susceptible to conspiracy theories is pattern recognition humans are superior above all other creatures in pattern recognition that's like that thing could domino us into the civilization we are today if you really got down to it pattern recognition so pattern recognition uh, when it started was when we were neanderthals wanderers we hadn't yet settled and and started agriculture yet we had to move with the seasons Mm. and the way we would know the seasons is the patterns in the sky the 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 shapes uh, areas crabs whatever the fuck we saw in the stars would help us navigate winter's coming whatever's coming time to move etc did you say crabs yeah because i was thinking of one of the horoscopes and then it sounded like crabs like tiny crabs but that's not what i meant i see crabs in the sky i will believe in no the shape of a crab like the stars make the outline shape oh like okay i see what you mean where are you like that's um astronomy right but we weren't astronomers at that time we were just using our ability for mm-hmm. pattern recognition rec- sarah god damn it <laughs> what pattern recognition uh-huh. <laughs> to see shapes, to help us memorize a certain pattern in the stars, right? And then we would know when it was time to move or whatever. Uh, In a way that we took this pattern recognition around the same time period, right? Like early times, ancient times, if Mm -hmm. you will, is we'd see meteors and we'd associate them because they were out of this world, quite literally. We'd never seen anything like that. And we would take them and associate them with something negative, unfortunately, sometimes for good. Mm-hmm. but generally just depend on what's going on so one area like asia had a, a huge plague at the time so they attributed it to plague when they saw a meteor we're going to get a plague mm-hmm. the thing about the meteor it was predict- predictable when it was going to come back and we were right. we were wrong right or we'd see a meteor with three tails and that meant a king was going to die mm-hmm. or a new king was going to take over or something good was going to happen mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah and so we use it f- we're, rid- we're ridiculous we've been irrational for a very long time um Another example of pattern recognition is when, example is you plant seeds, you water them, a plant grows. Mm-hmm. Get a pattern there. If I water it, expose it to sun, put the seed deep in the dirt, mm-hmm. plant grows. And if I do that over and over and over again, the same result will, will happen. That's a simple form of pattern recognition. But the point is, is it's automatic in our brains. So we end up leading ourselves into what is known as false patterns. Mm. Patterns that aren't really there, Right. Right. It's, they're not the, it's not the reality of the, the, the pattern that you're seeing. And a good example of a false pattern is when we see the face of Jesus. In <laughs> stuff. So I thought at this point uh, of the boring facts, we could play a little game mm-hmm. with you. You're my contestant. Okay. Okay. Cue the music. Step Was that good? right up. Thank you. You're the next contestant on what have people seen Jesus in? <laughs> I think we've done this game. Good. We're going to do it again. <laughs> My sweet Lord. <laughs> That's the name of this article. So I'm going to look at a few of these uh, and you tell me if they've seen it. Now, I could be wrong, though. I only have a small list here in front of me. So I could say something that I think isn't true. And then it turns out it is. Right, so yeah. no, don't be a dick about it, everybody. <laughs> don't, don't be a dick about it, okay? Yeah, don't be a dick about it. Um, have, has someone seen Jesus in their pizza? No. No, it's true. How do you know that? 
Because I've never seen that. What about in Chicken Feathers? That one's so obscure, I'm going to say yes. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> what about Under the Lid of a, a Jam Jar? Yes. Yeah, you've seen that one? Yes. Uh, on the floor in the tile. Yeah, I have a little demon person on the floor in my tile. <laughs> oh, yeah? I want to see it. What about in someone's uh, bruise? Mm, I'm going to say no. That's true. They've seen it. No, you're wrong. It's oh, okay. True. Someone has seen Jesus in their wah, bruise. Wah. Really, the game should be what haven't people seen? Oh, Jesus you know what we played? What? We played this game, but we played Jesus or Charles Manson. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we did. We did. It's on Instagram. Oh, good for us. Yeah, because we took the pictures that um, people had, you know, posted thinking it was Jesus, but we were laughing because to us it looked like Charles Manson. <laughs> so then we played, is it Jesus or Charles Manson? I honestly don't remember us doing that. Well, that would have been a fun game. Yeah, we did. Can we do it again so I can remember it? Yeah, or you just Thank go you. back and listen to the episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Thank you. <laughs> I don't have time for that. <laughs> all right the next uh reason that we're susceptible to far out conspiracy theories something we've talked a lot about on the show confirmation bias so mm. our ego is out of control and uh we don't we really don't like admitting when we're wrong mm. at all uh we're guarded against it and the idea behind it is we when we are wrong we feel like we're less than like something is actually wrong with us personally or entirely, which isn't true, um, right? I mean, that's not true. In fact, it could be argued that it's a sign of emotional intelligence when someone can't admit that they're wrong. Absolutely. Change their view. Yeah. Yeah. I Thank you. I mean, nobody likes being wrong, but... <laughs> right. Yeah. It's the same thing with like saying I'm sorry. For some reason, that's really hard for people. Yes, that's right. And I'm going to have some tips at the end for how you can kind of help with this. So we'll go into it more later then. How about that? Life hacks. Yeah. But confirmation bias, we've gone over it a million times. Just in closing, you tend to give significantly more weight to data or information or even opinions or even far-fetched ideas that confirm what you already believe. Mm -hmm. And you give little to no weight to anything that is opposed to it, that proves it wrong. Right. Um, so be aware of your own so confirmation. Look at the current state of our government. No shit. No <laughs> if you don't know what it is by now, you're part of the problem, yes. I think. Right? Yeah. All right. Uh, a fourth listed reason is proportionality bias. This is new to me. Have mm. you heard this before? N no, but proportions, I'm going to guess it's the more people that believe yeah. something. No. No, that's group psychosis. Mm. Proportionality bias is that humans believe that big events must have big causes. We see that all the time, don't we? When a big oh. hurricane comes, oh, it's because God hates gay people. Right. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's because we live on a fucking planet in the middle of the universe. Right. It's predictable. Yeah. And the fact that our planet, and I learned this by researching conspiracy theories, one of which is that the moon is artificial. Oh, that's artificial, a big one. An artificial satellite. I like yeah. this one. I don't yeah. believe in it. I like it. Yeah. So- let me explain. First of all, the moon is a satellite. And I don't mean that as in it's a man-made metal thing. Right. 
A satellite is anything that orbits a planet. The Earth is a satellite because we orbit the sun. Yeah. The moon is a satellite because it orbits the Earth. And if we didn't have the moon orbiting the Earth, our axis would change every so often so many degrees. Okay. Mm. Because we have the moon, it keeps us a little balanced and we only change to the slightest degree every like thousand years. And it's not enough for us to notice so much. Right. Because if, if it did not have the moon and it was the axis was changing significantly it would change the gravity of earth and things like two right years or, th or three degrees or something it's not it doesn't change that much but it's enough to cause no what it what it changes is weather and climate mm. it goes uh, ice age think ice mm -hmm. age and shit like that okay. you see what i mean yeah but, but we stay at a certain axis and tilt the equator is the hottest point pointing toward the sun so we get to keep our solar ice caps which is why they're essential to maintain right. because they're a part of our climate or seeing around the same. We're not talking about weather. Weather changes all the time. Yeah. Weather is supposed to go up and down and be extreme and unpredictable. Mm -hmm. That's what it's supposed to do. Climate is like the overall. Think about it if you go to the casino. The house always has the advantage. So right. speaking, what you most likely are experiencing if you bring, let's say, $1,000 to the casino and you play moderately, okay, mm -hmm. instead of crazy, right? You're not paying $100 a bet. Right. You will experience highs and lows usually not significant, but proportionate to the amount that you're betting and what you brought in. Right. You will experience high and lows. But if you monitor that over time, you'll see over time, the house is slowly winning and you are slowly losing. Right. Overall. So, right. So yeah. your highs and lows in the casino that are entirely unpredictable and fun and drastic when they're not, when you're losing, mm -hmm. that's weather. Yeah. But the fact that overall the house is slowly winning, has a slight advantage over you and is slowly trickling away your $1,000, that's, that's climate being the, the same, if you will. Yeah. But climate change is, the, is exactly that. It's going bad and bad, and that's changing. And we can measure that. We can see that. Yeah. So anyways, what was I talking about? <laughs> the moon. Proportionality. Oh, and the moon. Right. Yeah, the moon. So I guess when we were up there for some Apollo mission, we set up some shit that measures earthquakes like it does on earth and they intentionally caused explosions and crashed things into it they wanted to into the moon right oh. like nothing big but oh. you know right something to listen to it because it'll give you ideas towards density mm. and things like that mm -hmm. so for example earth has an earthquake you can you can sense it for hours not hours minutes seconds seconds mm. and minutes i think not very long right the the ripples, if you will. You can feel, right. No, no, no. You can sense it on the sensor. Oh, okay. It's totally different measurement. Talking oh. about a sensor, the seismic, like that's what it measures. Yeah, yeah. On the moon, it went on for hours and they were baffled because that indicates that it's hollow. Mm. So folks are thinking that there's like, perhaps we're being observed and that's where they're observing oh. us from. I yeah, I know you'd like that. Conspiracy. Yeah, I thought you'd like that one. <laughs> I like that. I know. I liked it too. I was checking it out. I was like, okay, that's interesting. Yeah. And they found they were trying to drill on the moon too, drill as deep as they can go. Yeah. And they found it very difficult. Um, so they couldn't get very deep. Mm. And so they had to make a lot of theories. Yeah, they were just little aliens and they're like, fuck, hold it up, hold it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Keep putting it on. The ceiling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Keep patching it where they find yeah. us. Um and we're just like, oh, well, can't get through. Move on. <laughs> but right? this is really hard. Yeah. <laughs> Poor aliens just sweating. We're going to get fired. But there's things stay like on the job. All kinds of shit in there, like hard metals or something like that. I don't mm. know what's going on. I always thought. Well, like, you could think that, like, have you ever seen the, the picture of, like, the bicycle that the tree grew, like, 
over the bicycle. Have you ever mm. seen that? There's a tree that was like growing. Someone leaned their bike against it out in the middle of the sure. woods. Sure. And over hundred, you know, hundred years or whatever, the tree is huge, and this bike is like in the Used. tree. No, I hear you. Um, That's a good. I like that idea because here's why. Here's what my general understanding is for how the moon was formed. Mm-hmm. So the planet Earth before it had water and anything. Mm-hmm a ball of fucking fire and magma and drama. Mm. Basically what is at our core and a little bit of extra layers outside. Fire and magma and drama and our core? Yeah, llama. Personally? No, the planet. (laughs) Oh, okay. But I'm talking about the planet. Full of magma and drama. Listen, if you want a scientific, uh, the person with the doctrine explaining this, go find that channel. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to get my layman's term. (laughs) It's the best that I could make of this shit. Okay. Okay. And that's our planet. And we're hanging out, spinning around this newly formed sun, right? Uh The solar system slowly coming together. Everyone's finding their gravitational pull, if you will. Figuring out who likes Here comes this rogue planet, just fucking hurling across the universe, slams right into us. Not like a meteor would. It's literally proportionate to our size. Maybe it was like one fourth of the size of what we were. So it's huge. And they merge into one. And because of gravity, that's why everything is a sphere in, in space. Because of gravity. Makes it into a perfect little sphere, if you will. Yeah. Right? The force um, of gravity. Right. So this planet had whatever, this little thing that crashed into us, whatever the fuck it had, had bacteria, whatever it had going on. Which could probably be out there too. It just doesn't have an environment to thrive. Right. Crashed into the planet. Now the planet's got a bunch of ingredients that it needs to have to sustain life or whatever. Mm. And all we need is a stupid moon to keep us in check so that we can maintain climate and life can thrive, right? Mm. And well, when it collided, what do you think happened? A huge goddamn explosion happened. A fucking fireball and a who knows what alien ball crashed into each other. Right. That's why the moon, do you ever notice the moon looks ashy? Like the, the everything yeah. on the ground looks like ash. Mm-hmm. So that's what my that's what my idea that I was taught watching Cosmos or whatever, mm-hmm. Neil deGrasse Tyson, is that all that debris get, uh, had had gravity, so it formed mm-hmm. a sphere, and that was the moon. And the moon has all these meteor spots because little tiny meteor rocks hit it right after it had formed. And that's what all that is. Right. So your idea is that maybe the bike represents the like, hey, let's watch this planet get collided into. And then they're like, oh, shit, we're surrounded by the debris. Ah, fuck right. it. We'll, we'll just watch from here and call it the moon or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that makes sense because that could have happened technically. And right. that doesn't change the current consensus on how the moon was created. Right. That it formed from all the debris and all that shit. So they haven't proved, no, has NASA come out with like a statement on whether or not the moon is hollow? Basically, the statement says, fuck me. Right. I don't know. <laughs> we don't get paid enough. Yeah. <laughs> fuck me we don't know and if we did i don't think we could tell you folks right but there's I feel like they'd be able to do like imaging or something you know how we have those image the that imaging machine now that they use to f- try and find buried dead bodies you like roll it over the ground slowly and it, it's basically taking images deep into the earth to see if anything is my out of control pattern recognition but it seems everything you know is somehow related to something morbid like seriously no it really is (laughs) it's a big problem imaging imaging like when we search for dead bodies and stuff (laughs) yeah how often are we searching i did just watch a uh an episode of um, i don't know some true crime show i was watching um but that's what they did they had suspected that uh, this guy, of course, had killed his wife and buried, buried her somewhere in the backyard. Cement. Yeah. Yeah, I so saw now, So they bring out this imaging machine <laughs> like, thing on what's wheels. This, what's this wife-shaped object, sir? Yeah, <laughs> excuse me. 
this doesn't look like, but they could see like how, how far down the ground was and things like, I mean, I don't know how I'm talking like we could just bring that shit up to the moon tomorrow and figure it out. But it's probably at the bottom of NASA's list as far as what's important. Do you encourage Isaac to watch this with you so he knows he could never get away with it? Oh, all the time. I tell him all the time. He couldn't get away with it. Yeah. I would lose. <laughs> yeah. I know what I'm doing. Oh, and I, like, he's always terrified. That you could get away with it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's always like, should I be worried about this? <laughs> should I be worried? They have a lot of shows like that. Couples Who Kill or... Oh, yeah. Like crazy shows about that. Uh-huh. And that's why I always told him every... Like, anyone ever takes a life insurance policy on you, you better fucking run and hide <laughs> and change your name. Like, the nothing good comes out of a life insurance policy. Yeah, I don't want to be Everyone ends up dead. I don't want to be worth more to someone dead as than I am alive. As soon as you're worth more dead than you are alive, fuck that. Yeah, I think as soon as I gave you a little bit of my life insurance, I was like, I'm going to send you a gift card to the family. <laughs> yeah. you know, like valuing my life, Sarah. <laughs> like well, do the math, okay? Ideas. <laughs> We're going on a cruise. I'm looking over the railing like. <laughs> <laughs> Judging it. You don't want to be left alone with my mom and grandma, though, did you? <laughs> no, you didn't. Um, but uh, proportionality bias, a good example of that. <clears throat> JFK was shot. Single gunman. Mm-hmm. Plenty of investigation was done. Folks believe it was multiple gunmen and there was a huge reason for it. And there was this whole thing instead of just some asshole. Okay. What would you think if that happened today? I- we can't talk about a particular person, by the way. It's literally against the law. So I'm saying in modern day, if that happened, something similar, what would you think? So just be careful what you say. You can't actually... Well, we're just going to talk about JFK. I do think that there's more to... Okay, yeah. If you were around at JFK time, yeah. what would you I do think that there was more to it. But I also read a Stephen King book about it um, where someone goes back in time and tries to stop him from being assassinated. So I might have That's a little a bit special. of... Um, yeah, it was good. Uh, 11, 20, Thank you. 60 or something yeah, when I was, was jfk shot you know it's the day he was assassinated but I, maybe because i read that and watched that maybe i have a little bit of influence as to why i would think maybe more to it you know what okay, i mean maybe i'll list two more reasons and you'll probably see why you're more inclined to believe that okay okay fifth reason projection projection is a problem widespread not just for conspiracy theories. So keep that in mind as I say that because y'all have some lessons y'all need to learn, okay? Mm-hmm. Not in particular you, Sarah. You're perfect. Thank you. Don't worry about it. Thank you. <laughs> so projection is an unconscious impulse to deny negative qualities in ourselves while simultaneously attributing them onto others. So mm-hmm. let me give you an example that came to my mind. My girlfriend went to work at a new job Mm-hmm. as like a teacher's assistant mm-hmm. similar to like you at the daycare right yeah. these are underpaid people doing yeah. not the best work stressful work yeah it's in par- it's it's so important what they're doing working with our children of course underpaid so overworked typically, yeah. sure typically minimum wage jobs like that you get young kids mm-hmm not a lot of people have a good work ethic because they just can't maintain it, can they? Because it's just a stressful job. And for a lot of people, it's their first jobs. Sure, that's you know a good I mean? example like too. They, 
yeah, they haven't had time to build. If you're young and you're getting a job, like they haven't really had time to build a lot of work ethic. Right. So she shows up. She's got a natural good work ethic. Mm-hmm. She, um, she's very fiscally responsible. So it isn't a burden on her, the low pay. In fact, right. she's going to school and this is going to help her decide what she wants to do as a career. Right. So that doesn't bother her. And her love and desire to help children completely offsets the stress from work. So she's in a particular situation Mm -hmm. compared to the other employees there. Right. Because we feel for them. We understand their lives are stressful. They're not getting paid enough. And they probably weren't taught right in how to be fiscally responsible. For example, my ex had uh, a teacher's assistant working at her job. Mm -hmm. Okay. And she recalls an employee who would Uber to work every day and Uber home. And my ex um, came to know the amount. And this employee would also order Uber Eats to bring Starbucks or whatever else Mm -hmm. daily. Yeah. My ex took that information, did some math and was like, it's costing her more money to come to work than she's bringing in. Like, how is she existing (laughs) right right now? What is is this happening? Yeah. Yeah. What is the point of this? So you can have Starbucks and food once a day. Mm -hmm. But that's how low they get paid, by the way, everybody. We need to do something about that. No, seriously. Yeah. Uh, people wonder why there's a fucking crisis going on and why people are on food stamps and assistance and blah, blah, blah. It's because by the time you pay for daycare, transportation, food, sometimes yeah. I, for me to get a job right now, I would pay 85% of what I made. Right. And just to have said, that job. And if someone said get a better job, I'd say there's a little bit of weight to that. But mm-hmm. when we're talking about jobs that we need, we need of, right teachers assistants. We need teachers. We, we need, need daycares. Officers, we need firefighters and we need yep. daycares. Right. Yep. And the list goes yep. on about what we need. Vet techs, they're yep. overworked. I know a vet tech. Yep. It's just sad though that the only ones I know to name are the people I know. So yep. I wish there was a way for me to know more about it. But anyways, you gotta pay them. You can't just tell them to get better jobs. You right. don't have any cops anymore. Right. You don't have any firefighters anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're yep. screwed. So um, anyway, she goes to work, my current significant other, mm-hmm. and is exceptional. She's on time. Yeah. Her paperwork that she needs to turn in, she turned it in immediately. She had mm-hmm. it done right away. She made it a priority. Right. She listens. She's looking she's fine just, as hell. <laughs> right. She's dressed in the nines. <laughs> she's professional appearing. Right. She's relatively intelligent. Mm-hmm. And she's not there to impose her own will, which is something I used to do at the sheriff's office. Yeah. And you can't do that sometimes. Sometimes that works against you then for you. Yeah. And what I mean by that is if she gets a directive or an instruction that she doesn't think is the smartest or most efficient mm-hmm. way, she does it. And she's capable of and disciplined to wait for a better time maybe to talk about it. Yeah. And what does that do? That makes all those slackers who were all, that, that, they were the consensus. So they really didn't stand out more one than the other it stand out like a sore thumb. Right. So instead of seeing the negativity within them and saying, let me use this to bring out my better self. Right. They projected onto her and said, she's something's wrong with her. How can she be so happy? How can she be so efficient and have a good work ethic? She doesn't can pay all this money. Like what is wrong with her? Cause certainly there's nothing wrong with me. Right. That's the first thing that came to mind when I read projection. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Read about it anyway. Yeah. You ever do that? What just rock so good at a job that people didn't like me? No, oh. or been projected onto. Oh yeah, I'm I'm sure, especially in my younger, more angsty days. Oh, angsty. Uh, 
but I also suffer from major depression. So I don't have a, uh, it's not, it's not hard for me to, uh, look down on myself. <laughs> <laughs> You'll do it when you shouldn't do it's it. It's not hard for me to, um, assume the worst about my own self. Sure. <laughs> when you shouldn't do it. Yeah. My yeah. bad. You're yeah. great. You're wonderful. <laughs> All right. Moving on to the last uh, attributing factor. This one's an obvious, isn't it? This is another thing that's causing more than just conspiracy theories to run rampant in the mm -hmm. world. It's fear. Yeah. Um, like who doesn't guess fear is a problem within yeah. us? Like we can't control our own fear. We need fear. Well, fear and I think people assume fear is just like, like being, you know, scared of a scary movie or something. Fear is much deeper than that. For sure. And I think people uh, attribute vulnerability with negativity. It's why we don't have deep, meaningful relationships anywhere. We're afraid to be vulnerable with people, but you have to be. The greater the risk, the greater the reward. And unfortunately, fear is a necessity. Yeah. You have to control it. And you have to, you have to be able to admit that you're afraid. And that involves admitting you're vulnerable because why else would you be afraid yeah. you're vulnerable to something aren't you and you have to be able to admit that to conquer it but we don't admit that and we act impulsively so um all these factors that i've listed <clears throat> and i'll run by them really quickly yeah causality pattern recognition confirmation bias proportionality bias and projection and fear all these factors uh exact exacerbate uh-huh I, I said it so well to myself exacerbate. Right? Yeah. well i had exacerbated <laughs> exacerbate uh um uh us humans when we feel powerless or when our lives and the world around us seem out of control yeah so you can kind of see how everything in this current climate is literally feeding this monster mm -hmm. that is us yeah. and we're we're literally South Park has an episode. I'm sorry, first of all, that I <laughs> we made a whole episode. Listen, first of all, there were three other instances where this episode I could have referred to it. Right. And I saved this one only because it's important. Okay, all right. Thank you. South Park has an episode. It's considered one of the greatest. It's a two or three parter. And essentially, it starts out with can I elaborate a little bit on this one? Of course. I promise it'll be interesting. We've talked about The Office twice in this episode, so I guess you, you can. <laughs> I can get one. Yeah. So South Park is about four young boys. It's meant for adults, and it's a hyperbolic view of all kinds of things going yeah. on. So bear with me. Cartman, who's kind of an asshole on it, mm -hmm. um, gets all the other boys involved in catching and capturing a leprechaun that he swore he saw. Kyle hates Cartman, hates what Cartman represents, I should say, because yeah. Cartman's his friend, yeah. but he, re what he represents, and he's a little bit more do-gooder, liberal, if you mm -hmm. will. Says, Cartman, you're wasting everyone's time, and you're being ridiculous, and Cartman says, Cap, I saw a leprechaun. I swear to God, we're gonna, I'm going to prove it. Mm -hmm. Kyle's like, no, you're not. Like, there's no way. He's like, okay, if I prove it, you have to suck my balls. And Kyle's <laughs> like, okay, but if you don't prove it, then you have to, like, you know, whatever right carmen without done takes the deal right and then what does he do he ends up capturing a leprechaun yeah. and um it turns out though that the leprechaun is uh it was generated from our imagination so everything we've ever imagined mm -hmm. has its place in called imagination land everything mm -hmm. right and imagination land they travel there and it's such a funny episode <laughs> um 
uh, and you can see all these things we've imagined, like Wonder Woman and Popeye and Smurf. God. Everything. Jesus really is there. That's what's yeah, so funny. <laughs> Jesus is there. But you notice everything there is like positive. Yeah. And then it turns out there's a wall that separates him from all the bad shit we've imagined, like Freddy Krueger and Man Bear Pig and all this craziness, right? Dog man's. Dog man, exactly. All that stuff is over there. Yeah. And um, the boys are real and they in, they somehow got to Imagination Land. They rode on a blimp or whatever and, mm -hmm. and the government finds out is what I'm getting at. Right. And the government finds out that terrorists are planning on bombing our imaginations. So the headlines are, Americans' imaginations are out of control. <laughs> <laughs> and what are we going to do about it? We have to bomb our imaginations. No! We yeah. just need to, like, get our shit together. Yeah. And, you know, the wall ends up exploding from terrorists, Al-Qaeda terrorists, mm -hmm. suicide bomb imagination land. And then the evil imaginers come in, and it's a whole war. Yeah. And what ends up solving the whole war, war is Butters is still in imagination land. Mm -hmm. But he's real. So they're like, Butters, you have a power here like no one else. You can just imagine shit and it'll exist. Yeah. So Butters uses his power of imagination to make everything go back to normal. And uh, it's, it's, it's an example of like how... <laughs> how ridiculous things can get. Yeah, how, how ridiculous we can get with our, our imaginations. And, and fear is a part of that. So when our worlds are out of control, our imaginations are quite literally, <clears throat> excuse me, running wild. Um, it, it, it can lead to this kind of shit. So fear, back to fear a little bit here. Scientifically speaking, fear jumpstarts a part of your brain called the amygdala, which directs your brain to assess the situation, like focus more on it. Mm -hmm. So you'll take in any patterns and just whatever the fuck you can get out of it. And yeah. you'll try your hardest to seek an answer or, or, or resolution of some sort. Mm -hmm. But when you're in that sense of fear, there may not actually be an answer that's available to you. Perhaps there is one that exists, but it may not be, but you're not going to accept that. You're going to yeah. be like, how do I get out of the state of fear? And you're going to believe in some crazy shit to feel like you have some sort of control about what's going on. Right. Um, we're always desperate when we're in this heightened state of fear to restore mm -hmm. our sense of control and contentment. Uh, I had a bonus reason for why we're susceptible in this day and age, mm -hmm. Americans in particular. I put boredom. Yeah. We're so first world in that yeah. sense, aren't we? Yeah. Boredom. We have a lot of repetitiveness in our daily lives. Mm -hmm. Go to work, come home, cook, clean, grocery shop, deal yep. with the kids, binge watch TV, sleep, shit, shower, wake up, repeat, right? Coffee. Yeah. Just same shit, isn't it? So I figure boredom can really cause an issue for the shit that's going on now um so if you're bored you know maybe start, fucking start your own hobby. podcast yeah do something about it yeah stick up crocheting <laughs> i one of my theories as to why people get into uh conspiracies is when we talked about this um with the dunning kruger effect that's where you uh, you you think you know it all when you don't really. Right. And so I think with certain conspiracies, people, there are certain types of people that like the feeling of knowing more than other people or having, it makes you feel special to think like Period. you have, yeah, you have this inside information sure. that other people just don't get it, man. You know, and, and I think that can really, especially somebody with, I hate to say it, like a, a boring life, sure. not a lot, of, you know, not a sure. lot of meaningful relationships, something like that. 
when now all of a sudden you have this, you know, small or large group of people that, that really believe they have this like insider info, it must make you feel pretty special and superior to all these other people who don't fucking know what you know. Yeah. I think that has to do with something else. I think intelligence truly is a burden. Mm-hmm. And we have it amongst the other animals. So for example, termites or bees mm-hmm. or frogs or birds, or whatever, are very much content with the fact that their sole existence is to maintain the ecosystem, the balance, yep. and to repopulate. Yeah. We can't stand it. Right. That's all I'm doing. For what purpose? Yeah. It, 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 I need a purpose for that. Yeah. Like, I, I, I just think that's kind of how bacteria... And the things that started the original tadpole that came out of the water and turned into us eventually. Right. It's just engineered. Now, I have some people who will argue, like my family, my Christian family, mm-hmm. will God put that in them? That mm-hmm. where does that come from? That, 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 like, there's no reason for it to want to survive and repopulate. Where did that right. come from? Right. And I'll admit, I don't, I don't have an answer for that, but. But I'm not going to well, out of fear. It's instinct. Right. But I'm not going to out of fear. Right. But where does instinct come from? Do you oh, see what I, I mean? See what you mean. Okay. It doesn't serve a greater purpose. The earth could literally explode and the universe would be fine. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I mean? Right. But I'll admit that doesn't have it. But I am not going to out of fear find a pattern or an answer for that that I don't have any proof of. Right. That's why, I'm, that's why I used to be atheist and I'm not. That's why I'm agnostic. Mm-hmm. I don't think either one can prove either thing. Right. I think the answer is we don't fucking know. What we do know is it's just to repopulate. And if we want a greater meeting, I think we're going to have to find it ourselves. Yeah. You see what I mean? Yeah, I don't think there is a true meaning of life. Yeah. I, I, as nihilistic as that sounds, and I'm not trying to be, I don't. I think you can find your own meaning for your own life, but I don't think there is a true uh, emotional purpose or meaning to being humans on Earth. Yeah. I just and I... Yeah, and I don't think all of us are innately deserving of intelligence. And I think the people that use it to stay in ignorance, willful ignorance, for example, or to hurt other people, do you understand to do these things that aren't fair? Or where does fairness and injustice come from? it's, It's very simple. We're DNA, biologically, we are the same. Yeah. You understand? We're the same. Yeah. You, it, you don't, we may not know where that instinct comes from to repopulate, but we know that's what it is. Yeah. So the opposite of that is to hurt each other and to yeah. kill each other. So if you don't do, if you do that, you're kind of an asshole. Well, you know and I, mean? I, I think it's been, you know, proven that humans are naturally tribalistic, meaning we like to find a group of where we belong Sure. And then we that's survival, though. We naturally like to fight other groups. Sure. The needs uh, of the many outweigh the needs of the few because right. So that's why you see survive religious wars and all of that kind of stuff. It's and, and different religions and different. Um, you know, you have conservatives and conservatives and Republicans and Democrats and but you know and and we like being part of a little tribe, sure, or a large tribe. But you like feeling like you're part of something. Sure. And so then when you have to when you are attacked by someone else of saying, well, that's not true. Like what proof do you have for that? Now you have to defend this tribe that you have built, this tribe that you have around this hollow moon or dog man or whatever. And the more someone attacks it, the more you're going to feel like you need to stick up and, you know, stick up for it and protect it. 
Yeah, God forbid you're wrong about award. Right. So now you're just perpetuating your own bullshit. And psychology says we're more mm -hmm. defensive of worldviews. Something small, right. we're not. Yeah. So people will be like, ah, I can admit I'm wrong. But what about the big stuff? Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. That's where yeah. we're most, we can't let that shit go. Right. We can't accept something new about it. But what I was going to say uh, um, in regards to that, another argument is, okay, so there's no God or maybe there is, or if there is, we don't know what it is yet. Like, mm -hmm. right. Everything we thought up, it was just completely made up. But if it is to reproduce, then, then gay people are kind of assholes because they can't reproduce and they kill people. Right. And I read a really interesting article about a village that was sustaining itself for a while. And then they started to get a little overpopulated. Mm -hmm. And they were really poor and they couldn't feed everybody because everybody had kids, right? They didn't have access to birth control or anything. And right. it's crazy. Even though we do, we're still grossly overpopulated. Mm -hmm. There's a gross amount of unwanted children being born every day in orphanages. It's all they ever know until they're adults. Yep. Starving children every day. Like you name it. There's all kinds of shit going on, right? Yeah. In this village, there were kids that were, grew up or eventually were gay. Right. No mm -hmm. one forced it on them. They had no other outside influence. influence. Yeah. They were legitimately, naturally, if you will, gay. Mm -hmm. And some of them were gay in the regards that uh, the, the boys wanted to be more effeminate or the girls less effeminate mm -hmm. or some were just just gay. You know what I mean? They didn't, they didn't mind what their roles were, their gender roles. But whatever it is that they felt, they were given that role. So if the woman wanted the masculine role, she was given them mm -hmm. if she could handle them. Mm -hmm. And she, normally they could. And if the males wanted the more feminine roles, they were given it and allowed to do it. And what they realized in embracing them is that they did not reproduce. Okay. Mm -hmm. So they became aunts and uncles and they got to focus on their sisters and their brothers. Mm -hmm. It was a third or second adult income for that family. Yeah. And suddenly their children were no longer starving right. and, and were no longer neglected. They were smarter because of it. Because it takes a village. Right. So you could argue that it's a, it's a natural thing that occurred, okay, to, uh, to balance that bullshit. Are you saying that, that the gays are a form of population control? Well, yeah. It's a new conspiracy. Yeah, we are. Thank you. But think about it like me. Like I get spoken to all the time from my significant other or anybody, do you want kids? Mm -hmm. Selfishly. Yeah, I would want my own kid. That's my own flesh and blood. Sure. Yeah. But I realize we're grossly overpopulated. And my best friend has three kids right. that, you know, could use an extra aunt or somebody mm -hmm. that doesn't have their own kids. Right. That I can just, anything I'd give my own kids, I can give it to your kids. And could anyone argue that they're not better for it? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. They have another adult that they can, do you see what I mean? On and Yeah. Not that I couldn't be there if I had my own kids, but my kids would suddenly become my biggest priority. Mm -hmm. Do you see what I mean? Yes. Or I could make your kids my, my priority. So if they needed a kidney and I was a match, I wouldn't have to say, well, I can't because what if my kid needs it? Right. I can just, yes. Yeah. Treat them as my own kids. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. And that's good for society. So everybody needs to calm the fuck down. <laughs> for fuck's sake. That's all I'm trying to do. Is there so besides the Hollywood? Is there a conspiracy that you found during this research that you were like, hmm? The moon one, I liked the it. The moon, um, Illuminati. It's it's gone a little haywire, but I definitely believe that 
Oh yeah. There's like a hierarchy. There are some, yeah. They've got all this money. They've got everything they want. My mom, she's gone down the rabbit hole hard. But she's relatively exercising some level of intelligence. (laughs) Right. She hasn't, she hasn't gone over just yet. So she'll say things like, I think that these super rich elitists have a cure for cancer. And I'm like, I would not be against that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. You have poverty and you let them reproduce like crazy. So how can you control them enough to where they can't take over? Mm -hmm. We'll keep them in a poverty state, put their dads in prison and um, feed them junk food that they can't. That's the only thing they can afford. And then they get cancer and they die. Do not really secure for cancer. Right. Right. Sorry to bring that up with your grandmother. I know. But it's the, it's, it's all these four strips of bacon a day increase your risk of cancer, colon cancer by 18%. I was devastated. I love bacon. (laughs) But you don't eat it every day. I would. Right. But every time I eat it, that's what I think about. But at least I'm being like self-aware. Yeah. And when we made BLTs at home, we used turkey bacon and it wasn't that bad. We put a little little soy sauce, Mm. made it crispy. Sounds terrible. Put it with avocado, spinach, (laughs) uh, tomato, mayonnaise. Now, honestly, it was delicious. Yeah. It was bomb. It was, it was good. I'm sorry. Are we getting sponsored by turkey bacon? or No. <laughs> turkey bacon looks disgusting. <laughs> but I didn't cook it. Right. So maybe that's why I liked it. She cooked it. She didn't like it. I'm like, it's because you saw it and it looked like yeah. dog food. Yeah. So anyways, on the show, Sarah, we don't like to just tell everyone what's wrong and then tell them good luck figuring that out. Yeah. We got to give them some advice. Correct. I suppose. Uh, well, I'm going to. Thank okay. you. And you need to take so this. We're advice. not trying to tell you what to do with your life or anything, but the more so, you know. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. You <laughs> the rainbow and star, please. Right. Tips to keep yourself from being yourself. Tips to keep you from being susceptible to far-fetched conspiracy theories and other bullshit, okay? Mm-hmm. Let go of your bias, which is like letting go of your ego. But mm-hmm. letting go of your bias, it's hard. Um, but it really makes sense when you think about it. So here's how, this is all me, by the way. I didn't do any research on this, okay? In the scientific community, this is all true. And you probably learned this in uh, elementary and high school when you had a science fair project. A scientist seeks a cure or an answer, whatever they're doing with their experiment, Mm. not to just announce it and to get rich and famous and all that, but literally the opposite. What they really do, and they have to believe this like they have to do it this way a true scientist seeks to be proven wrong by his or her peers genuinely yeah um in not all the time are they wrong that's when we learn shit that's when we get cures and things but this is essential in the scientific community when you do your own research and draw your own conclusions it's imperative that you seek to be proven wrong to your peers or otherwise the scientific community would regularly fall prey to its own human egos and confirmation bias, meaning they're aware that they're human. They're aware that their ego's out of control. Mm -hmm. They're aware of their confirmation bias and they made a strict regimen of rules to follow. So that way it's, it's as foolproof as it can, just like our laws. We're full of ego and fear and reaction and impulse. And we might kill each other, but it's illegal. Mm -hmm. We'll monitor that shit. You know what I mean? So my advice is with your friends who are alone, try this exercise of trying to prove yourself wrong on a worldview that you have. Mm -hmm. If you truly are right, then you have nothing to be afraid of. And if you're wrong, you will have been better for it. You'll not wasted any more time on that worldview. Right. You can do 
in believing in something that's not right. And I'm not talking just about religion. I'm talking about anything. Yeah. It could be a bias towards a race yeah. that you don't know that you have or, or whatever it might be. Um, and it comes back to my favorite quote. The thing about the truth is whether it is good or bad, it's liberating. Yeah. Because before, when you didn't know the truth, you, you were burdened by the lie, if you will. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Helpful tip number two, verify your sources. The internet's riddled with deep fakes, doctrine, doctrine info, you name it. Yeah. Verify your shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. From everything. multiple, like, reputable sources. It kind of goes back to step one, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, trust but verify. Not a news source. No, that's, I literally have trust but verify written here. It's a Ronald Reagan quote. To me, what trust but verify means is when you verify something, it isn't because you, you think that person is lying. Right. You trust them, but you're yeah. intelligent enough to verify what they're telling you. And, then, and they should trust you enough to be able to do that. Sure. But yeah, verify and verify your own fucking sources. Mm-hmm. Like use that scientific method. Try to prove something wrong. If you, oh, I just saw this. I believe it. Let me try to prove it wrong. Well, that's my big issue is I go to school with someone who will literally, I, you could put anything on Facebook. If it's on Facebook, it really happened. She sees it. It is automatically a fact. You you could put anything on there. You should share that meme for her with the picture of Abraham Lincoln and his quote about (laughs) Facebook. That one is great. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, like, and I, I will be like, well, you know, you could just take exactly what you read and just simply just put it into Google, see what comes up, see if. Is anyone sure. else talking about this? Is, is, has this been verified on any other type of, of source aside from your Facebook wall? Sure. Because <laughs> I'm not talking like, you know, she sees something reported by CNN or Fox News and immediately believes it. I'm talking like anyone could make a fucking meme of anything. Sure. And, and she would come to school the next day and be like, did you guys know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Where I'm always like, what There's the gay fuck? frogs. Yeah. Like it blows my mind. Don't let her listen to Alex Jones. Of her. You know, like it's, it, it's insane to me. (laughs) But I do like conspiracy. I do like, like. Can we we have her on the show? We would never stop talking. She never (laughs) stops talking. No. Ever. We we can have control over that. Good God. You're on mute. (laughs) You ever see Nancy Grace when she had her show? I'm cut their mic. I'm over it. Oh my Nancy god! Has zero That's what I'm gonna start doing anytime you're saying something I don't approve of. Cut her <laughs> mic. Her mic. To yourself. Yeah. <laughs> if you have a crew. <laughs> but it's really cut you. her mic, please. I'm done. All right. Helpful <laughs> tip number three: control your emotions, but that doesn't necessarily mean entirely. So, as humans, what that means is you will initially have an emotional response inwardly. It is up to you to filter that so it does not make itself out until you've had time to process that information. That is called emotional intelligence, something we lack. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people think the first step is admitting you have a problem. And in this case, it's not. It's it's being aware that of it. Mm -hmm. You gotta be aware of it. People are so unaware of themselves. They have no self-awareness. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Some people, as I was talking to someone the other day about, some people have to touch the stovetop to know it's hot. They won't just take your word for it. Yeah. So it's important. Sure. (laughs) Okay. Fine, but recognize two things. Number one, you don't have to learn the hard way. Right. Number two, if you do learn the hard way, le- legitimately learn. 
Like yeah. learn from that shit. Mm -hmm. um, emotional intelligence is so important. If you have access to a counselor or a therapist, these are professionals that can help you with that. But with the internet, you can look up psychologists who post their shit all the time. TED yeah. Talk is a good one. Psychology Today uh, dot right. com is a good good source. The School of Life is a good channel on YouTube. You have to be aware of it. Then you admit that you have the problem. Then you work on it. Yeah. And, and have some emotional intelligence i've become over the last five six years much more emotionally intelligent i think i've done right, me too. yeah like where i can recognize humbly i say that yeah like old emotional patterns that i had and things that i i, I couldn't have recognized in that time or right. i wasn't even trying to um and even now i can you know, it was really hard for me to get back on and do the podcast because I do get myself in like a rut of thinking like, I just can't, I can't do something and I just keep not doing it. Luckily for me, I have people around me like you who basically just said, okay, well tomorrow at 11, this is what we're going to do. Right. And so it wasn't, it, I mean, the door was open. Like, look, if you're really not feeling it, we don't have to do it, but tomorrow at 11 works for me. Okay. I'll talk to you tomorrow. And it didn't have to be more than that but that's emotional intelligence too or, or emotional maturity or what was the word sure. thing? emotional intelligence yeah um of being able to recognize yeah i can uh, okay I, I i like i can set some of these things aside and do something different commit yeah i can commit right. to this i can you know i can do right. this um which makes me want to elaborate on that which is that a big word with emotional intelligence is boundaries. And a lot of people know boundaries and they think it has to do with their boundaries with others, but it's really your boundaries with yourself. Mm -hmm. Well, and boundaries has a negative connotation put on it all the time. Boundaries are important. To put up boundaries around yourself. Don't let, you know, negativity in and blah, blah, blah. But some of the things that you view as negative mm -hmm. could be positive for you. You know what I mean? Like it, it's, it's just an opposing view of yours sure. right let me give you an example you're a dick i was in a poor emotional state mm. lack of emotional intelligence the job i had was killing me emotionally yeah. physically calling in sick all the time when i really wasn't mm. coming in late all the time when i wasn't being irresponsible all of the time i had no boundaries for myself now i have boundaries yeah. I will not be late unless it is a dire emergency. And you have to keep that every single day. And every day you will be like, fuck it. Yeah. Who, who doesn't want to just say, fuck it. Yeah. But you have to be disciplined in those boundaries. You have to maintain them. A boundary cannot be flexible. Yeah. And the moment you treat it like that, the moment you treat your savings like they're not flexible, the moment your savings will actually exist, right? How many times have I started a savings account and then it's gone in the two weeks? Right. All of us, right? Yeah. You have to set boundaries, but don't also set unrealistic expectations. Yeah. We'll just be like, fuck it. I can't keep up with anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Why should I even bother doing it? Right. Um, boundaries like I'm just not going to lie, period. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to take, I'm either going to stay silent or accept the consequences of telling the truth. Yeah. You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. And if you have those boundaries, hard decisions that used to be hard become easier. What is always going to be hard is consequence. Yeah. But if you know your boundaries, you're going to be like, it doesn't, the consequences don't matter. I know my morals. I know my boundaries. I'm going to stick to them yeah. and whatever comes my way, I'm going to deal with it because the thing that isn't flexible here is this boundary. Right. You know what One I mean? The boundaries you should have is if I see something on Facebook, <laughs> I am not going to automatically believe it and then tell a classroom sure. full of people about it. 
Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly right. But people got to learn about this shit. Have your own your own boundaries. Right. And usually those get fine-tuned over time. You know what you're able to deal with and what you're not. Mm-hmm. You know what you can handle and what you can't. Yeah. And getting uncomfortable is a part of that. You need to get uncomfortable. Yeah. That's a part of touching the stove when it's hot. So I wouldn't quit that job that was killing me because I was like, I don't know what I'll do. I'll get homeless. I won't have any money. I'm going to die on the street corner after I do this. Yeah. Um, which literally happens to people. So I wasn't totally yeah. irrational for thinking that. No. But I never could learn my limits or capabilities until I put myself in that scenario. And, you know, my, 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 my thoughts on how successful I'd be compared to when I was actually in the scenario where I need to get a job, mm-hmm. I got a job. Yeah. Like I didn't ignore it is what no. I'm saying. I, I got uncomfortable and I did something about it. Right. So and when people tell you they're, you know, if you say this is something I believe in and someone doesn't, and they're telling you the reasons why they don't believe that that can be uncomfortable for you Yes. to have to listen to someone opposing your view or your thought process on something. Yes. You learn when you're uncomfortable. Right. You learn what you're capable of. Yeah. What you can actually do when you didn't think you could. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You, you, you learn to appreciate things if you live in a three, third story studio apartment with roaches. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You learn shit from that. At the very least, anyway, yeah. don't put yourself in any unnecessary danger. Right. Get uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And if you have something, a support system, even better then you quite literally have nothing to be afraid of right because you can always fall back on that yeah and start over which isn't the worst thing in the world everybody yeah by the way don't that's cognitive dissonance or in poker we call it dedicated to the pot where you have a hand you've seen the first three cards you've bet so much money the fourth card comes and your hand's dead or the fifth card comes and your hand's dead and you just can't let go of all that effort that you put into and you're literally not making it any better for yourself. Just fold it and walk away. Like Kenny Rogers says, you gotta know when to hold them, fold them, walk away <laughs> for fuck's sake. That's a sign of emotional intelligence. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just know when to say, Hey, know when to walk away of the fucking theory. <laughs> like, yeah. Some people go to college. Okay. Two out of- <laughs> Some people go to college two out of four years and they realize on year two, this isn't for me. Mm-hmm. But how can I quit? You, right. you, literally no one else is running your life you, this yeah. is how you quit uh, this isn't for me anymore so i'm gonna cut while i'm ahead yeah. time is precious life is short yep do you know what i mean yeah Fuck I it. Do. Mm-hmm. get uncomfortable see what you're capable of doing when you're when you feel like you have no other options and don't let somebody else control your thoughts your All thought right. pattern your views on things you know you gotta form your own thoughts on things right yeah if you just rely on what everybody else teaches you then you're going to be codependent for the rest of your life i'm sorry to tell you yeah nobody wants that everybody wants a sense of independence but it's okay to rely on people that's how healthy relationships are formed i will say that the conspiracy theory that i believe in go ahead is i truly believe maybe this is the episode i'll do next go ahead because I truly believe Go ahead. that there are different species mm. of aliens mm-hmm. that cohabitate with us, and the government knows about it. Oh, my God. Like right now? Yeah. 
Do you think I'm an alien? No. Oh, well, now I feel like a loser. <laughs> no, I, I, I also don't believe that, you know. Cohabitate, like a roach? Uh, maybe not cohabitate. My dog? Like, what are you doing, babe? Your husband? <laughs> he looks a little bit like he might be an alien right now. What do you mean? Just elaborate a little bit. Um, I believe that we, uh, our, our government does have certain pacts or treaties or trusts with um, alien species in the universe and they are allowed to come here well i'm saying they're allowed to come to earth and exchange information or goods or women prostitutes maybe sex workers is the word you should sex with it always comes down to it (laughs) we're not supposed to say prostitute you gotta say sex worker am i allowed to king shame these aliens i'm guessing no Ooh, the sex life of aliens on the next. <laughs> we need to stop right now. They just come and visit. They just come the and visit. And then the elites have all that info and we don't. Yeah. Okay. I don't even think it's something like our president or anything would know. What are you going to do to seek out to prove yourself wrong? I am going to go to Area 51 on September 20th. <laughs> You should have said, do a podcast so I could argue it. <laughs> and I'm going to run as fast as I can at Area 51. Aren't the memes for that the best? It's so ridiculous. Uh, good times. Are you but going I, to- I mean, I am interested to see how that plays out. I feel exactly the same way. Yeah. I'm like, that is so stupid. I'm going to keep that to myself. You guys go. <laughs> go, guys, go. Record that shit. Godspeed. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I am kind of excited to see how that how that works even if it's just a bunch of people that had fun and got together and smoked a joint and just hung out outside of area 51 that's cool too you know what i mean bruh yeah like that's cool or the best case is someone gets past everybody gets in there and gets the real shit live stream like one double o agent yeah okay well i doubt it all right well we'll talk about it next time (laughs) We will uh, see you guys. Just when I thought you had emotional intelligence, <laughs> you go and say something like that. I want to believe. You redeem yourself. <laughs> I want to believe. I know. That's, I was, my, that's my, my problem. Was dumber, dumber. I know. Thought it was going one way, but it didn't. Mm. You totally redeemed yourself. <laughs> Anyways, we're going to end it on that terrible joke. Thank you. And uh, we will talk to you guys in about two weeks. Yeah, we'll hope you're exhausted. Goodbye. Bye.